Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and three things up for review this week. First up is Moonfall, which is the latest Roland Emmerich movie. Then there's Book of Love on Amazon Prime, and finally Pam and Tommy on Hulu. First up is Moonfall, which is the latest Roland Emmerich mega disaster film, and from the get-go, I'm gonna be clear with you, it's not a good film. Very rarely are these films good films, but then again, do you go to a Roland Emmerich film expecting a classical masterpiece? No, he's a master of disaster. A lot of his films are just, you know, they're terrible, but they're guilty or actually shouldn't even be guilty pleasures for a lot of us. I will fully admit that Day After Tomorrow holds a weird special place in my heart. I will watch it almost anytime it's on television. It's just one of those things. And, you know, he did help define the disaster movie genre. So the real question is, where does Moonfall rank in the sort of pantheon of this type of film? Should you go see it? Will you have a ridiculous fun time at it? The answer is not as clear, unfortunately. So the premise of Moonfall is that the moon is possibly hollow or a superstructure built by aliens and that it's coming closer towards Earth. And Patrick Wilson plays a disgraced astronaut. Uh, Halle Berry plays is his former astronaut as well, who's now still at NASA somehow. John Bradley, who you probably know as Samuel Tarley, plays a you know a wild scientist. Michael Pena's in it. Charlie Plummer, Kelly Yu, and you know the concept alone is absurd. And I think it could have been really fun. It's sort of Godzilla versus Kong meets the core meets Armageddon. It's a template that we've seen done over and over. The actual specifics and the science. It doesn't matter as much, right? It doesn't matter in any of these. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, but it's a fictional film. Now, it is interesting seeing this film come out the same year as, or in the same time frame, you know, not technically the same year, as something like Don't Look Up, which is a disaster film in its own right, but just the the way that the characters react to finding out new scientific information in it is interesting you know it, it is a, it's a juxtaposition of, of how those types of films handle these things when something like don't look up it's all about how people are just not accepting of science and in this it's that the science in it you know the fictional science in it is so absurd and yet everyone acts upon it immediately it's yeah anyway it's not a great one right it's it's it, you know the visual effects are well done you know we've we've improved ways that we can destroy buildings and show flooding and you know things crashing into stuff okay yay good for us the acting is you know I, you know patrick wilson is actually good halle berry has has given great performances i actually give john bradley credit for trying to sort of be the most enthused about this one. I think I feel like he was having the best time on this. I think had these roles been cast with other people, maybe there would have been more of the silly, joyous fun that I go to these films to watch. That doesn't mean that these characters are supposed to be having fun. You know, they're in a world-ending situation. But then again, so are we. So, you know, there's ways to find joy in your job. I think the film's a little bit long. It's two hours and four minutes. Had it been a little bit shorter, a little bit more absurd, I think I would have really enjoyed it more. Also, it flirts with it has a pg-13 rating and there are times where i was like i feel like this would have been a really good r-rated film if he had just gone all in you know there are selective moments because you're only given a few swear words and a few more adult things you can do in a pg-13 movie and they use them and then they sort of try and flirt with them in other moments uh 
try and flirt with them in other moments and it just sort of makes it for this weird vibe if they had been sort of a guns a-blazing all-in moment you know swearing at the moon all this stuff I, I think there could have been more enjoyment to be had also I just remember that you know technically Donald Sutherland is in this film and he's like it's barely in it but he has a very high billing which should tell you a lot about just anyway so Moonfall. I think if you're a fan of this genre, it's fine to go see. It's totally fine. I promise you this will be on television or a streaming service soon and you will be able to watch it over and over and over again. I don't think it ranks in that you're going to watch this over and over because it's just so because it's just so out there that it's fun to rewatch. But and then again, maybe I also, because a lot of these films came out when I was younger, I have a sort of nostalgia for them. So maybe this will be your day after tomorrow or maybe this will be your the core. Who knows? <laughs> But it is definitely meant to be seen on a big screen. I saw it in IMAX. It's the first IMAX film I'd seen in a very long time. I had to switch rows because my neck hurt from staring up. But at the same time, is this worth risking Omicron for? Uh, probably not. But, you know, use your best judgment. Please wear a mask. Please get be vaccinated, be boosted, etc. But as for Moonfall, I'm going to give it a 2.6 out of 5. It's not the worst thing I've seen. It's technically watchable, but I do think it had potential to be a ridiculous classic. I'm going to take a quick break and be right back. And I'm back. And then next up, speaking of incredibly formulaic movies, I have a movie called Book of Love, which comes out on Amazon Prime, so you don't even have to stress about the option of going to a theater for it, because I think they knew better. And it's a romance movie just in time for almost Valentine's Day, and it is bad. It's bad. Uh, it, you know, it, it had potential as well, I would say. It, it stars Sam Clayfin and Veronica Ichegwe, and he plays an author who has written just a terrible, terrible book, it seems like, and I don't understand how his character would have gotten a publishing deal based on the snippets that they've read. And then she plays a translator who essentially just completely rewrote his book in Spanish, and it becomes a super hit in Mexico. So then his publisher sends him on a PR tour there, and just, you can, you know how this formula goes. We all know how this formula goes, because if you've seen any romance movie, you know where this is going, and this does nothing whatsoever to try and do anything new in the genre. As with a Roland Emmerich film, you know what you're getting into. And this one, I didn't know what I was getting into, but when BuzzFeed Films came up in the beginning, I had a sense of the quality of this. And I have not seen other films that I know that BuzzFeed has made, but I wouldn't say I looked to the, I didn't even know they had a studio branch, but it's not a name I necessarily associate with quality. I do think they do some great reporting on their site occasionally. And But anyway, so when I saw that pop up, I was like, oh boy, okay, I'm going to temper my expectations. And even with pretty low expectations, it was not great. You know, again, formulaic as can be. It's basically the plot of Assume, at least like five romance novels that have been written that are this plot that surround a writer. And it was very meta in that sense. But I don't know how they did this, but Sam Clayfin is a relatively objectively attractive man. And, you know, I've seen him actually give good acting performances. I'm not familiar with her as much, but they, just the way that they dressed him, it, it, he has this atrocious haircut that I assume is somewhat pandemic-y, but I'm also like, well, dude, you're doing a movie, like, let them cut your hair. I don't know if it was a character choice, but it's just, it's atrocious. And then they dress him, yeah, I get it, he's British, obviously, he's the actor's also British, but, you know, the character's British, he's supposed to be stodgy and stuff like that, but he's wearing, like, a, you know, a shirt under a sweater and, like, long pants in parts of Mexico that look pretty warm, 
it's just, and, and there's not even like an evolution, right? I was like, okay, I get it. He goes from stodgy, stuck up, you know, Brit dude to finding love and all this stuff. No, nope, there's no progression. It's just, uh, it was so cookie cutter. I don't feel like the two of them had chemistry. I know a lot of people are going to be watching this for him. I just took a sneak peek. I don't usually do this, but I looked at like the letterboxed reviews and lots of San Clayton fans. So people will watch this. It's I, it's nothing to write home about. I would not waste my time on it. There are a million other of these cheesy, you know, romance, Lifetime-esque movies to watch. But if you're a big fan of his, maybe you'll enjoy it. But for everyone else, stay away. Stay far, far away. It's, a, it's one, it's an extended Lenovo ad, which is what it feels like. And two, there's no chemistry or fun or joy. And I didn't sense any sparks with it. So Book of Love, I'm going to give it 1.9 out of 5. And then finally, I have Pam and Tommy, which is out on Hulu. The first three episodes have come out. It's going to be streaming weekly from this point onwards. And Lily James plays Pamela Anderson. Sebastian Stan plays Tommy Lee. Seth Rogen plays the handyman of theirs, who ended up being the person who distributed their sex tape. It's got Nick Offerman and Taylor Schilling. And, you know, I have mixed feelings about this one because it is morbidly fascinating to watch this thing. It, it's also it just kudos to the hair makeup and prosthetics departments for making Lily James who's a you know small British lady look like bombshell Pamela Anderson not that Lily James isn't gorgeous in her own right but just Pamela Anderson is such a distinct looking woman and they have really done a great job of making her look like her and then of course there's the acting side of it but just from a visual standpoint I was like whoa she looks like Pam Anderson and actually same goes for Sebastian Stan as Tommy Lee I find his fake tattoos a little bit off-putting because you know there's just something about the way they move on the body that doesn't work the same as real tattoos but anyway both of them look like what my memory of Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee look like from that era and that's not to say that they're exactly what they look like but it 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 just looks like the image and the memory of them and then if you look into a side-by-side you know it's damn close but there's just something about I think the essence that has been captured in a very impressive way now the problem is that I don't care who you are. I don't care how bad of a person you are. Like, you don't deserve to have your sex tape, your private sex tape leaked like that. That makes you a victim, right? And at the core of this, a crime has been committed that, you know, I don't think anybody deserves, especially women, you know, especially women who are victims of revenge porn and things like that. This isn't exactly that situation, but it's just, you know, it, it's it's complicated, but it's a fascinating story to watch, right? Because also, it's just the impact it had on, I think, our society as a whole in terms of celebrity sex takes it. Anyway, uh, so it is complicating in that they are trying to make the person who uh, got a hold of the tape and distributed it a more sympathetic character because otherwise it's just a cut and dry, like, Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee are victims story. So, you know, it, it I, I have complicated feelings there, and I think the way they're going about it is also a little challenging because I feel like they're not trying they're pretending to not be judgmental but I do think I feel like there's a little bit of judgment happening it's from Craig Gillespie who did I Tanya and I think he does generally such a fantastic job of capturing these sort of controversial characters who love them or hate them they're still fascinating to watch and for for what it's worth Pam and Tommy is fascinating to watch and you know I I have to address the 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 thing that they've been talking about it's a very adult and graphic Hulu series so you're gonna see a lot of things and one of the things that had come out in the PR about it was you know Jason Manzukis plays the voice of Tommy Lee's penis and when I hear that I go what are you talking about assuming I guess it comes from Tommy Lee's autobiography and you know Tommy Lee describes meeting Pam Anderson having a conversation with his smaller but not so small self and being like this is the one etc etc and so they took that moment and they made it 
you know, made it into a cinematic moment. I assumed it would not, it would be a conversation through pants, but nope. Spoilers, there's a whole on puppeted penis scene. So, so brace for that one. That was not something I was expecting to see for that amount of time as well. But I think so far it's trying to make them all seem like three-dimensional characters. I don't know how great of a job it's doing. It hasn't finished airing, so, you know, we'll see. And I do think it's important to note, I don't think Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee gave their blessings on this series. So, you know, there's three sides to every story. There's one person's side, the other person's side, and the truth. And I think we are getting a more subjective telling of it because we don't have their side of it. So I think it's important to keep in mind given the subject of what has happened. If you're interested in it, if you lived through that era, if if you're okay with or interested in, I guess, seeing a whole lot of skin, Pam and Tommy might be worth checking out. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.